put a definition why everybody's pouring in. So the first thing that I would say that's probably useful and most important to talk about, turn down my music. First thing that's most important to talk about is the definition of atheist. Okay. So the term atheist is used many different ways. And so there are some ways that I actually, well, it's simpler than that. There's one way that I actually identify with and another way that I don't. And so the two ways that is that you'll hear people use it is one to mean the idea that, or to make a claim that there is no God. That's, that's one definition. Um, and so, when a person says that, they're making a claim. Now, I don't hold to that definition, and I think that it's um, very much like not a good position because of the fact that you're actually making a claim. And I don't think that it can ultimately be proven or disproven that there is a God for different reasons, which we may get into in this chapter. Um, but the first definition is for a person. And listen to the statements closely, because there's going to be a slight difference in the statement. Hey, Auntie, Kim, let me say hello to everybody. Chuck, Kimberly McLaughlin, my beautiful aunt. Hello, Andy, Rachel, Jessica. Thank y'all for hanging out. <clears throat> so the first definition has to do with making a positive claim. Um, there are some people that are atheists that says there is no God. Now, the problem with that position is that you're adopting a burden of proof. And if you're adopting a burden of proof, that means you have to have evidence to prove that and you can't, you can't have evidence of it because the concept of God is what we call unfalsifiable, which means that it can't be necessarily, uh, uh, it's, it lies in a realm as far as um, philosophy is concerned, where you can't hit it that way. Brian Akers, what's up, homie? So that's the first way that people use the definition. I'm going to say it again. That definition is for a person that says there is no God. That's a positive claim. That's not something I agree with because you're putting yourself in the same position that a theist would be putting themselves in, which is the position of making a claim that cannot actually be demonstrated. Now, people will argue that it can be demonstrated in this way, like a, a person who's an atheist says it can be demonstrated, but it always comes down to fallacious arguments. The other way that the term is used, which is the one I identify with, is um, I do not believe that there is a God. So there's a difference between saying, I believe there is no God, and I do not believe that there is a God. The second is a statement of um, whether you're convinced or not. It's a statement of honesty. It's basically saying, I'm not convinced there is. What up, what up, what up, Acres? Reverend Brian Akers of Oneness Centers for Center for Spiritual Living. Y'all definitely check them out in Columbia. Check out their Facebook page. And I just did, um, I was just a part of their service this past Sunday. And uh, and yeah, you'll see some music and all that kind of stuff. Althea, thanks for hanging out. Lovely to talk to you too, the other day. Brian says, Theus, that's me. So again, I'm gonna go over the rules again just because I got people that's jumping in here now. This is Ask an Atheist Day. This is a national holiday. That's the every third Thursday of April, <laughs> right? So once a year, April. Um, you can ask anything, and the goal is for you to ask anything that you can that I can answer, right? About me, why, who I am, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the other thing about this is that I'm on IG Live. If you want to jump into my live feed and ask me a question, then head over to IG, and I'm at AaronHill.tv over there. AaronHill.tv. 
Um, so I identify with the definition of being an atheist that says, I do not currently believe that there is a God. Now, let me give you some background on that. For those that watch this, uh, it's gonna be a lot of people that watch this, like over 7,000 people, because I just emailed everybody. <laughs> um, but for those that will be watching this later uh, and, and don't have any context, never, you know, never met before, don't know me, or just getting to know me, um, I'm a person that was a Christian. I was a theist, like Brian said. Brian said, I'm a theist. I was a theist for 25 years. I would say, really, it was more like 20, yeah, it was more like 25. So I would say from like the age of, I guess, three, if you want to consider that. That's hard because you don't make a sound decision at three. You just get indoctrinated, which is partly the point. Anyway, <laughs> partly the problem. Um, but from three to, I say about 28 or what have you. Um, and so I had a belief. What's up, Brian? I see you on the other side. Um, so I was a theist at that point, and basically I was a fundamentalist Christian. I took it very, 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 very seriously, like very, very seriously. And which honestly is the cause of my atheism, which is that. Um, I took it so seriously that I did, unlike many other people, don't necessarily do. I actually read the whole Bible. And yes, cover to cover Instagram. <laughs> um, not only did I read the entire Bible, but then I also uh, went to school for it as well. I studied with... Uh, so Jessica says I'm freezing every now and then. Oh, apologies. That's because I'm on this uh, iPod Touch and it sucks. I'm sorry. If I freeze again, let me know and then I might actually switch off and just use my regular phone. Um, in fact, I think I might do that because right now, no one's on IG. <laughs> let me know if I freeze again. I did notice what I just froze. Okay, so, um, so I was a theist for 25 years. Um, believed it strongly, very, very, very strongly. In fact, like I said, I applied it all the way down to the bone. I mean, to the bone. I was basically becoming a minister. I was, I was actually at the place of ministry. And then, at some point, <clears throat> at some point within that, in going all the way down to the root, I started seeing some problems and some inconsistencies, some things that didn't quite gel with me mentally and emotionally and morally. Um, a whole lot, a whole, whole lot of stuff. If you want my whole story, then go to my YouTube channel. I have a playlist that says uh, religion, spirituality, and philosophy. And I tell my whole story there. And I would so encourage you to watch it. Yeah, so, um, and you all can drop your questions too in the chat. So that was 25 years. And then at some point, I studied every major religion on the planet. I studied Christianity to core. I did open year uh, courses, religious studies. I went to school for theology, all these kind of things. And then I started realizing while I was, why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. Um, and at that point, my definition of God expanded to be more of an Eastern kind of mystic. Uh, I read the Bhagavad Gita, the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu, Upanishads. Um, studied the, um, oh man, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Lost Gospels, Gospel of Thomas, Gospel of Essenes. I was a Course in Miracles teacher for about a year and a half. Um, oh my gosh, like if I go through all the stuff that I studied, we'd be here forever. Um, 
and then at some point that it, it continued to evolve as far as my thought and even around um, the concept of God until I got to the point where my last definition, which I just put up the other day, if you've not heard it, look at my video It's called God as air and God as air is my definition of God. When I was uh, when my philosophy was new thought, um, religious science, science of mind, um, Eastern mysticism, expanded consciousness, metaphysics, like all the stuff that's in that boat. And so at that point, um, while the definition was definitely much, much better than where I came from as far as traditional Christianity and fundamentalism, eventually it got to some point where that definition for me became so vague and so nuanced and nebulous that I had no use for the concept um, at all as far as the name and the, and the concept and the title. And when I got to the point of calling God everything, like the universe and me and you and the trees and the sun and the moon and stars, then at some point that became nebulous because of the fact that it caused more problems than solved because of the fact that the term God is used by many people across the entire planet um, for many different things because of the fact that it's an adjective. It's almost like arguing the word beauty or trying to have a subjective definition for the word beauty or beautiful. Um, we accept it on one hand as subjective, which is why we accept our different definitions and you know we coexist to some degree there are problems of course as you all know at some point um but at the same time because that's the case we utilize the term we know that it's subjective 50 percent, but then we form our different denominations our different religions our different paths in more of an objective perspective where we and we can't help it because of the fact that in order to teach a group of people, you have to say, in order to even give them positive principles, I can't say you have to say, but the tendency is to say, so yes, God is this, and so God is that, and so God is this, and God is that. And when you mean positive and optimistic things by that, then these statements aren't seen as subjective statements. I'm sorry, they aren't seen as objective statements, and they aren't seen for um, the other side of the coin as far as what they do which is to paint an objective idea, I'm sorry, paint a subjective idea in a very objective sense. So we paint, it's, it's almost like um, having different people to believe in a very, very hardcore way that they have the definition, like the proper definition of what is beautiful when you look outside at nature um, or just what is beautiful period like anything it could be like I think that trees are beautiful and somebody else thinks that babies are beautiful and they're like no like babies are what you call beauty like babies are beautiful and other person's like no trees are what you call beautiful like I mean babies are cool but trees and they're arguing, or even if they aren't arguing, they have this idea that they have the right definition of what beautiful is. The problem with it though, is that they're mistaking the word beauty, which is subjective, um, for something objective. And so when I got to that point, then I started realizing that even uses of the term, uh, and we'll talk about the actual idea, like if I believe that there's a, creator and those kind of things. We'll, we'll talk about that. But just as far as the idea and the term, at some point in that journey, 
um, I realized because of everything that I just said, I was like, oh, while this definitely gives people positive outlooks and positive optimism in some ways and hope and these kind of things, they don't actually see the downside of this same thing. And let me explain to you all what I mean, because I want to say this for the world and I'm going to say this forever until the day that I can't anymore. The issue with this whole thing, besides this uh, this subjectivity of it, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on a couple different things, I'm sorry. I'm saving your video so I can watch it. Okay, thank you, Roz. Thank you, and thank you, everybody. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I literally have, okay, hold on, give me, I gotta do a switcheroo, y'all. This old, <laughs> this old iPod touch is like, yeah, so you got four, I mean, you got, you got 10% uh, remaining. So uh, we're handling a subjective idea in an objective way. Um, and that's where we're actually making a mistake in my, um, in my summation. Now there's another point, but it's gonna come back to my mind. I kind of lost it. Um, but what I was getting at was, at least if I go here first, it'll come back to me. Um, at some point, I realized that although it had the positive effects, okay, here's, here's what it was. I'm saying this to the world. We know how to look at our religious or spiritual principles. Take your pick, you know, don't get hung up over the semantic. Um, we know how to take our principles and we know how to see the good in those principles. We understand the positive aspects of those principles and all the positive things that it gives us like hope and joy and these kind of things. The issue the issue, the issue, is that I have never heard anybody say what the cons of those same positive beliefs are. Nobody talks about the cons of the same beliefs. And the reason why is because we actually don't believe that our positive principles have cons and we're being very unrealistic because of the fact that in another respect, we know that everything that is positive also has cons. But since we don't think that it has cons and since we don't address our, our same principles, like say, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Um, that's what I realized at some point, what I really feel like I realized as far as what we were overlooking because there are cons to the same principles. So like I said, while people may have hope around the concept, on the other side, then you have the issue where people are confused about their daily lives because they don't know how to accept, and this was what I was talking to uh, Brian, this is what we were talking about the other day, how to accept life, like the normal things that happen in life that are the regular inevitables of life. Um, and so at some point, I no longer had a use for the term, uh, God, you all who are on uh, Facebook Live, let me know if it's still breaking up a whole lot. Let me know if it's still breaking up a whole lot. Because if so, I'm, I'm going to switch. I'm going to do a switcheroo. Um, so I realized that we were overlooking the cons. And, I'm, and I see cons every day in the form of people struggling to even understand what's going on in their life, so how to cope with it or how to be in the midst of a coronavirus where on one hand they believe that everything is is a part of God's will but at the same time on the other side they believe that this is, this is not good so they 
So we pray for it to go away while at the same time believing that it's supposed to actually be here. And we pray as we pray to and many of us who pray to an entity who we believe is omniscient and already knows before we pray what we're going to pray for. So we decided to 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 allow something like a, a deadly virus and it has a will that will be done that we can't change but at the same time if we ask it nice enough it will maybe and then if it doesn't change it then it was supposed to be that way like these are these are issues these are issues and these are issues we don't talk about because once again nobody's convinced that our positive spiritual principles have cons and have negative side effects to them and the thing that i started realizing was wait a minute there is no other subject in life where we actually look at things like this we know with every other subject on the planet when it's a positive subject we know that it still has downsides to it we look at it realistically but the problem when it comes to spirituality and religion many times is that people many times we since we we don't believe we believe that if it has any kind of side effect then it must be totally incorrect or false or wrong or like it's not it won't it won't help all right so with that with that with that with that with that let me go ahead now and switch over because this is supposed to be ask an atheist day all right um jessica says love tuning in to oneness we don't have we don't have many spaces like that here <laughs> all right so now i'm gonna jump over to ig because that seems to be working pretty good and here we go with questions brian says i think forming my theological interest at age 12 gave me more empowerment than just accepting what i was taught and let's not even get into what i was taught <laughs> right i feel you on that hey miss t thanks for hanging out have you studied the gospel of Mary Magdalene? Hell to the yes, brother. We have a scholar in our community. You might be super. So yes, um, Brian, I have studied uh, gospel of Mary Magdalene and my favorite one was gospel of Thomas. And even now to this day, um, gospel of Thomas, you know, I, I feel that some forms of theology are healthier than others. And so that's why I can support um, different philosophies that are that are to me on the on the on the end of the spectrum where they're more practical and more applicable. I still think that they have their delusional aspects to them and that kind of thing. Um, and I believe that they have their word salad aspects of them and their aspects that are really like drives. This is what I see a lot of times what we do with these concepts. A lot of times we drive all around the block just to wind up right back here in this place but we'll start here and we'll drive around the block <laughs> because a lot of times people like for things to be explained in very mysterious and big and vague and grand ways because in some ways that does make us feel good it makes us feel happy it makes us feel like wow there's something bigger than us protecting us looking out for us and i really feel that it's it's I really feel like it's a thing where there are different people at different places on the spectrum. Um, so anyway, Gospel of Mary Magdalene, yes, because I read the Lost Gospels. That was one of the biggest things that really evolved my perspective. And if anybody's never heard of that, please check out the Lost Gospels. 
Um, and my favorite one is the Gospel of Thomas. Even to this day, my favorite one is the Gospel of Thomas because uh, even though like Jesus or Yeshua, take your pick, um, is not an entity that I know worship or praise or anything like that anymore, even though that used to be my life, um, I, <laughs> I have a book that I just uh, 